Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Like St. Louis City, St. Louis County officially reopens for business today. That doesn't mean everyone is back to work. Far from it. Many businesses remain closed, and others that reopen are doing so under new restrictions. St. Louis County Executive Sam Page has called it, quote, our new normal. And here with me today to talk about that new normal and to take your questions is County Executive Sam Page. Dr. Page, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. So St. Louis County reopened this morning, and this is under the plan you released a couple weeks ago. What led you to believe that now is the right time for that? Well, we believe we've met our milestones, which is a 14-day or greater than 14-day reduction of cases based on hospital admissions, which is what we track very closely through the pandemic task force and Dr. Garza's reports. We do believe that we are getting an adequate testing footprint, not just in the tests St. Louis County has, but those tests uh, uh, performed by our federally qualified health centers, our hospital systems and private labs and urgent care settings. So uh, we're getting to the point now where we can test everyone who's symptomatic and we can begin asymptomatic testing in um, uh, high-risk populations. And uh, that's where we need to be. So if you're listening to this conversation, we do want to hear from you. Do you support the county's decision to begin reopening? Or do you have a question for Dr. Sam Page about how all this is going to work? You can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. You can also send us a tweet at STL on air or email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. And Dr. Page, as I'm sure you're not surprised to hear, we've already heard from some people on Twitter. People have a lot of opinions about this. People also have a lot of questions about it. But before we dig into some of those, I do want to ask you one question about the rollout. Um, St. Louis Mayor Lida Krusen was on this show the day that St. Louis County released its plan, and the city had not yet released its plan at, at that point. And I asked her how you guys ended up getting ahead of them on that, and here's what she had to say about that. We are. We actually, uh, it's kind of interesting because we've been speaking with the county daily almost, and we thought that we were going to be um, uh, issuing these at the same time, but I know, you know, we all have our own pressures, and mm-hmm. so the county executive went ahead and did his this morning at 8.30. And that was uh, St. Louis Mayor, Mayor Lida Cruson. Sorry, I'm a little tongue-tied here. Um, you guys had been um, walking in the same steps on all of the stuff. It was all coming through a regional task force. What happened with the rollout where you guys were on a different page? Well, I think we're actually on the same page. Maybe timing was off a little bit. Um, perhaps we had a communication breakdown. We did have um, one uh, difference that was remaining, I believe, was how we're going to manage bars. And um, they're going to have a different approach in the city, and I think that's fine. But for the most part, I think we're, we're pretty close. We continue to work closely together, and we continue to make our announcements in uh, pretty close timing. And we're both depending on guidance from the pandemic task force, and uh, that's a great resource. So there was no um, underlying political reason there. She said something about how we all have our own pressures. Were you sort of being well, pressured? Well, I think to- anytime, in, anytime when you see something that you don't understand, sometimes um, there's a, a tendency to think it might be political. I don't think that's what she was saying. She's under a great deal of pressure, as we all are. If you read the newspaper or look out in the community, there are folks on both sides who think we're opening uh, too soon without the right criteria, and there's Folks that believe we should have opened a couple of weeks ago are really never closed in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're subject to pressures from all all angles, all reasons, and we have to find the path forward that's right for the community, 
that protects the health and welfare of everyone. And that's really our, our top goal. Now, you mentioned um, it seems like the biggest difference between the city regulations and the county regulations is bars, and specifically bars that don't serve food. The city is letting them open their doors, um, and they do have some distancing requirements for them. At this point, the county is not. Uh, why is that? So we have a licensing requirement, and that uh, definition, we don't ask folks if they serve food or not. That's just how the licenses are managed, and that's what mm-hmm. my public health director explained to me, that, that I'm following the guidance of my public health director, and she thought in St. Louis County that uh, the distancing requirements would be difficult, and we've looked at the guidelines across the country, and we decided to manage it a little more difficult, differently. I think if you look at what St. Louis City is doing and what St. Louis County is doing, you'll have to look really hard uh, to find a difference. And uh, this is this is one of them. And a lot of people are focused on that. But uh, really, for all intents and purposes, we our closing instructions have been pretty tight. Our the way we've managed this, the way we have communicated on our humanitarian response, uh, the way we communicate and cooperate on the public health side and the business guidelines uh, were developed in cooperation with each other. So I think we're pretty close. Okay. And of course, as journalists, you know, it's our job to focus on here's the one area out of 100 areas. We're going to find the one that's different and and hone in on that. I mean, that's a fair point. Otherwise, these regulations are largely the same. Are are you feeling some pressure from bar owners who are in this particular category of licenses where they're not able to open at this point? Are they hoping to see you revisit that? Well, I hear from people every day. Uh, hear from people who don't think we should open at all, mm-hmm. hear from people who are sincere and believe they could manage uh, reasonable social distancing, and, uh, you know, folks that believe we should have never closed in the first place. So, sure, there's, there's uh, you know, there's comments and advocacy from all corners, and we manage that. We listen to it thoughtfully. We process their input. We, in the end, we work it through our public health department because we're going to follow the guidelines of our medical community our pandemic task force, our uh, public health officials, our doctors and scientists, and they're going to help us move the right path forward. And if you look and see at our reopening schedule and what's happening around the country, really, everybody's pretty much on the same process. Mm -hmm. We got an email. uh, This is from Sue Stevenson. And she had a pretty specific question um, where I think she was feeling some confusion about regulations that affect churches. Here's what she writes. Should St. Louis County churches be following the attendance limitations based on the percent of square footage of building or following the group gathering maximum? These numbers are very different. The number of people per person capacity of the building is normally greater than the allowed group size. For example, she writes, phase one, 10% of capacity of building or a group of less than 50. Phase two, 25% of capacity of building or a group of less than 100. Um, Any guidance for Sue on that very specific uh, point related to churches? I think the churches should follow the guidance from our website at sclcorona.com and and if they have specific questions, they can contact our health department. But I think the percent occupancy is a is the better. But most important in in churches is uh, social distancing, six feet apart, and wearing a mask. Even wearing a mask in church is very important. And some of the churches have adopted their own guidelines and follow those themselves. But speaking of churches, I think we should all recognize that most churches I'm I'm hearing from really aren't interested in opening until the middle of June. Mm-hmm. And no one that really absolutely has to be um, open because of financial pressures or economic pressures. Uh, No one is really um, in a hurry. Our large employers, for the most part, who can work from home will continue to work from home at least until the middle of June. Um, We expect to see that. And 
Um, I would expect the churches to do the same, but most churches I'm hearing from um, really aren't going to be in a hurry to, to, to be open. They're going to continue their uh, video conferencing services and um, limit their sizes because even after we open and we allow more more uh, social mixing, um, individuals with uh, that are older who have chronic medical problems really should uh, um, think uh, hard about whether or not they want to be out in a crowd. Mm-hmm. I think that's an excellent point there. Um, and so, Sue, if you're listening to this, it sounds like Dr. Page is saying the percent occupancy is the best thing to follow, but that you can find more information on the county's website devoted to all this. That's stlcorona.com. I want to go to the phone lines. Jill is calling from Kirkwood. Um, hi, Jill. You're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, good morning. Um, my question is is to Dr. Page, um, for people who are able to winter away from St. Louis and who are returning now from Florida, for example, um, should they quarantine themselves for 14 days when they get back home to St. Louis? Hmm. That's a good question. Yes, our, the travel advisories are still there for anyone returning from out of town. And uh, Missouri's uh, one of the states, if someone travels from Missouri somewhere else, actually, they would be asked to quarantine when they arrive. Hmm. And people arriving to Missouri from out-of-town travel should quarantine as well. That's a safe thing to do, and that's our public health guidance. Okay, so you are asking that for people who are um, coming back to the St. Louis area after being out of state. Yes. Okay. And Jill, does that apply to you, or are you wondering in terms of some friends or, or family members? Um. <laughs> Friends or family members. Oh, okay. Well, now you can I've, tell them. You heard it right from the county executive. I've stayed here and taught remotely the whole time. Okay. <laughs> Good for you. Well, well, please stay safe there and, and tell your friends and family members uh, they need to follow the rules. Thanks for that call, Jill. Um, and if you're listening and you have a call for Dr. Sam Page, you can give us a call at 314-382-8255. That's 382-TALK. Or you can send us a tweet at STL on air. You can also email us at talk at stlpublicradio.org. Um, Uh, Dr. Page, Matt has a question from Twitter. He says, reopening while the virus is still in the community is going to drive up cases and then deaths. Is there a number of dead that would make you close back up, or is it more related to ICU capacity? I know you mentioned hospitalizations earlier um, in terms of looking at the outlook and whether we would need to close back up again, God forbid. Uh, What would be the metric driving that for you? So we'll take our guidance from the Pandemic Task Force in Dr. Garza's reports, but the, what we'll watch most closely will be hospital admissions. Certainly the loss of life in St. Louis County has been tragic. We've had uh, 335 of our residents who have died from COVID-19 and it's, it's terrible. And that's one of the reasons why we're so cautious and gradual and measured in our reopening. We wanna do this safely and we wanna make sure we do it in a way where we could also have a more economic activity um, because we know that, that we have to manage the virus as it spreads through our community in a responsible way and we believe we have that ability now with uh, increased testing and contact tracing. But the metric we will use for um, a decision about whether or not to uh, tighten up social mis- mixing restrictions will be um, uh, hospital admissions, and we'll watch that trend. And we'll also be watching our testing. And our um, well, we know we're going to have more positive tests. We're going to have more COVID-19 in our community because we're going to be testing a lot more. Mm-hmm. But we'll be watching that um, positive to negative ratio as well. 
Okay. We're talking to St. Louis County Executive Sam Page. We do need to take a quick break, but we'll be back shortly with him to continue this conversation. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com. Evan KWMU. And now back to our conversation. We're talking to Dr. Sam Page, who's the St. Louis County Executive. And Dr. Page, I want to ask you about a story in the St. Louis Post-Dispatch today. Um, Jeremy Kohler was writing about the city's preparedness when it comes to contract tracers. And he writes that the city is ill-equipped to hire enough. He says, while the county is in the process of hiring 100 contact tracers, the city has just 10 to 13. Quote, that reflects in part the disparity in resources available to the two governments. The county, because of its size, was able to get some $173 million in direct aid from the federal government. The city is getting just $35 million in assistance through the states. And people are raising some concern about this, the fact that the city um, might not be able to trace the people who come down with this illness and that that could cause problems around the region. You told Kohler you had no intention of sharing those funds with the city for that. Why not? Well, I don't think that's exactly what I said. It's certainly not what I meant. We um, we have uh, limitations under federal law on the funds that we accepted that were direct to St. Louis County to spend them in St. Louis County. But it doesn't mean we can't uh, become involved in joint resources, joint projects like our public health department and our um, humanitarian response, which we've done. Um, and, you know, once you, you get into those joint programs, you really can't delineate but we've uh, always been in a partnership with St. Louis City on many aspects of public health. And uh, we do um, follow up on contacts that they recognize that are St. Louis County residents and they send them to us and our, our um, health department manages them. But as far as their contact trace- tracing program, I'm really not familiar with it. Um, I did. Uh, I do remember Jeremy bringing it up, but they have a different program. They have a different approach and it's really not... Um, it's really not my position to say it's the wrong way. I know how we're doing it. It's a model that we use. It's a model that we think works. Mm -hmm. And uh, we'll be glad to work with St. Louis City as much as possible. As far as a direct payment to them, uh, I don't know that we could do that, but we certainly have the ability to contract to provide services. And we do provide many services to other jurisdictions under memorandums of understanding. And and we would uh, continue to do that if that was uh, a request. And I I think it'd be a fine idea. But I, I think that we have to let uh, St. Louis City manage their um, contacts in a way that they uh, think works and work with them mm-hmm. um, as much as um, as we're allowed to do. And I think that's fine. We do that on a lot of issues. I don't think contact tracing um, folks are that expensive to hire uh, for short term or even uh, long term. Uh, it's not uh, millions of dollars. It's uh, you know a few hundred thousand dollars or maybe a million or two, but we'd certainly be willing to to work with them if that was the plan. Okay, so if they asked for help, it sounds like you would be open to that. It's more that at this point, they're not asking for that help. Is, is that fair to say? Well, um, I would say that they have asked for help in partnership. I mean, they help us and we help them in a lot of different ways and a lot of different projects. And our health departments have worked well in the past and work well across the board on many fronts and will continue to do so. But if we're, uh, we already work together on contract tasting, they already send... Um, uh, cases out to us that are St. Louis County residents, and we manage them. And uh, some of them they manage on their own through their system. But we will continue to work with them cooperatively. I think the focus on the, fo- I think they do have an inequity issue. I do think that um, 
they need more funds to respond to this and they should have more funds to respond to this, not only because they have more cases of COVID-19 in St. Louis City per capita than other parts of the state, uh, mainly because they're an urban area and urban areas are going to be hit harder mm -hmm. because of density. And um, uh, they certainly, this is one way to make an argument for more funds, which I think is an argument that they've artfully uh, made and articulated and it's important. But I don't think that the funds they've re received so far are buried to contact tracing. I think it's just a different approach and a different style. Okay. I want to go to the phone lines. Um, we have a number of people waiting to talk to you. I'm going to go to Janice calling from St. Louis. Um, Janice, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi there. Uh, thank you for joining us. What is your question or what were you hoping to talk to Dr. Page about? Um, well, my question is, um, I work as a massage therapist in Richmond Heights. I actually live in the city and I'm almost 60. Mm -hmm. And um, I question um, massage therapy opening at this time because of it being impossible to socially distance. Um, and there's no way you can when you're doing a massage. And also, I mean, we do couples massage where I work, which means four people will be in the same room for an hour. So um, I wonder what his thoughts are about that. Yeah. And, and Janice, is your employer reopening at this point? Uh, June 1st. June 1st. Okay. Dr. So, Page, uh, that's, a, that's a good question from Janice there. Well, I, I would uh, just ask that you contact our health department. We might be able to provide guidance for you or your employer but there should be uh, social distancing guidelines adopted in uh, your place of work that would be safe. And that's one of the requirements to open those social distancing guidelines that we think work. And your special uh, situation where you believe you're higher risk, I think that's a conversation you have with your employer and uh, ask for um, uh, uh, you know, accommodations to be able to limit your risk either with protective equipment or with uh, your assigned duties. Uh, it's a difficult question. I have a lot of people, you know, we, we hear a lot in the news about folks that are upset about us opening, um, but I also hear from employees who aren't quite ready to go back to work, aren't comfortable with what's going to happen or what is going to happen in the way of social distancing is unknown and uncertain, and that uh, creates some anxiety, and those issues have to be worked out. Um, Janice, is, is your employer um, open to, to talking to you about some of these concerns, or has that been tough to get their attention on that front? No, she is, and she has been provided with personal protective equipment. I don't know who provided that. Mm -hmm. some, some She said the government had. So we're actually having a, a meeting tonight over Zoom to talk about reopening. Um, yeah, my concern is, I mean, my understanding is that to be high risk, you're you're 60 years old and older, and, you know, with Missouri's unemployment being what it is, mm -hmm. not that. You know, I'm getting much, I would get much from Missouri. That, I still haven't gotten unemployment, even though I've applied for it, but I, I'm concerned about, you know, I'd, I'd prefer to wait another month to go back, you know, just to kind of see how things um, shake out with the incidence of COVID potentially rising, especially with, you know, I mean, I it, ideally, it would be nice to go back to work. I, I miss working, but, you know, with the, even with the guidelines, I mean, I've read them and, and they vary, but, you know, it's just about impossible to give somebody an hour massage. You can wear a mask and you can wear a shield, which I think we have shields, but still... Yeah, Janice, that's a great point. I mean, massage is one of those things, and, and especially she's talking about couples massage. Uh, Dr. Page, that seems like that could be a real problem. You've got two masseuses and two people in a very small area. Social distancing rules might make a couples massage an impossibility right now. Well, I think we'd have to look and see what the guidelines are from the health department. 
and I'm sure they, they have a plan that uh, would make this uh, uh, safe and responsible, but I'm not, you know, I'm not familiar with the details of those, but I would ask people to look at the, the website, and, and sometimes when you're doing something you haven't done before, there's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknowns, but um, I think when folks see the answers, and I think we'll also see that employers will be reasonable with employees who aren't ready to come back to work. I don't think a lot of these businesses coming back from uh, this time off are going to be um, real busy real fast. So they'll be able to make some choices about who's ready to come back and who's not. And, um, and hopefully that employment will be unemployment insurance will be there for a little bit. Again, not replacing lost income, but helping out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Janice, thank you for that call. Uh, going back to the phone lines. Tom, hi, uh, you are on St. Louis on the air. Yes, thank you. Um, Dr. Page, uh, there are two questions I have about uh, this uh, normalization that, that we're getting into. One is, do we really think that people are going to maintain uh, social distancing guidelines and the other recommendations? Uh, look at what we've seen over the last month or two. Uh, so many people flaunting the recommendations and the guidelines. Uh, I don't think it's realistic, and I wonder what you think as a physician Secondly, uh, this six-foot social distancing uh, recommendation, um, I've studied the methods of transition of COVID-19, and um, from good sources, I believe, you know, academic and medical sources, and uh, what I understand about the way this is transmitted, six feet isn't enough. If a bunch of people get in a place and breathe and talk and sneeze and cough, they're going to spread the disease. Uh, do you think this is a reason, you know, reasonable expectations, what I'm saying as a physician? Uh, Tom, that's a great question. Dr. Page? I'll take the second question first about uh, what's a safe distance. Um, most, you know, in most cases, a safe distance would be six feet. Some people say 10, but generally the standard agreement among public health experts is six feet for um, on, uh, if you're going to be there for 15 minutes, if you're passing by someone, walking by someone, um, transient contact that isn't considered to be high risk. Of course, if someone's coughing or sneezing, uh, then you know it doesn't take 15 minutes to be around them. If they're sneezing and coughing, um, you're exposed, and that's why it's so important for people who are sick to stay home. If you're sneezing and coughing, then uh, in addition to having a mask on, you shouldn't be uh, you shouldn't be out. You should um, you know stay away from other folks. As far as uh, folks obeying uh, social distancing guidelines. I mean, that's a challenge for our entire country, whether it's social distancing or any other rule or law regulation. Um, some people will follow them and some people won't. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, this is um, really a question of our, our peer pressure, our community pressure, um, what's normal to us and how much do each of us care as individuals in protecting ourselves and protecting others around us. Uh, some people care less about that uh, most of us care more about that. And I think the majority of folks in our community will do the right thing. will accept this new normal of social distancing because they want to protect themselves and because they also uh, want to take care of their community and not expose their neighbors. And with those outliers, we'll just have to manage those, um, you know, on an individual basis. Uh, we're going to have outliers no matter what the law is. And it's um, it's unfortunate when people put others at risk. Uh, that actually leads to a question that we got on our St. Louis on the Air Facebook page. And, and again, Tom, thank you for those questions. Um, but Betsy writes on that page, what are the punishments if people violate the regulations? Um, do you have a sense of, of how this could go down if somebody is just utterly uh, flouting these rules? Well, someone is um, 
COVID-19 positive and moving around in the community and exposing others recklessly, there's certainly uh, penalties for that and, and they can be detained. As far as people violating social distancing, um, you know, we'll look at that on a case-by-case basis, whether they're upsetting people or doing this, um, seeking out confrontation um, or anything like that. Um, we, there's certainly, um, uh, we don't want to get in the business of uh, uh, sending police to enforce social distancing. We don't think that's going to be necessary mm-hmm. uh, very often. Um, you know, only extraordinary cases. I think the punishment for not uh, following social distancing guidelines, for the most part, in most cases, will be uh, a lack of acceptance in our community by our peers. Hmm. I think if there's a, a business that doesn't follow the established rules and guidelines, then I think word will travel um, pretty quickly. And uh, people will know that and, and they won't see as much traffic. Uh, I think that if there's um, people out in the community that uh, aren't following the guidelines, and uh, I think they will be, I hope people will just back away and walk away from them. I don't, I, I hope that we don't lead to confrontation over the subset of folks that um, don't want to do what's best for them or don't want to do what we should all be doing to protect our neighbors. Okay. So hope to see some peer pressure kick in here and, and compel people to do the right thing. Let's go back to the phones. Marsha is calling from Richmond Heights. Um, Marsha, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. Hi, thanks for letting me talk to Dr. Page. Yes, thank you for joining us. What's your question? Dr. Page, I'm a a wellness facility owner, and there's several of us in the community that own facilities that are not gyms per se. We don't have members that just come in when they want. We don't have locker rooms. We have a lot of control over who comes in our facility. We're one-on-one training only, and, of course, we were not included in this most recent uh, 25% opening. And I guess our concern is is that we're being lumped together all these large facilities. Um, Marsha's phone seems to be having some trouble here, but it sounds like she's saying a small facility like hers that does have a lot of control on maybe these one-on-one sessions are, are being lumped together with larger gyms that clearly have more of an issue to deal with here. Um, thoughts on how um, she might be treated going forward? Well, I think for specific uh, businesses or specific subsets of an industry group, I would turn to our health department for guidance. But mainly the what we're looking at are, are places that are high risk for COVID transmission, sharing uh, sharing equipment like that at, at a fast pace um, is where the risk is. And if she's in a facility where the equipment isn't shared, then I think she makes an argument to be viewed differently. But regardless, I think we'll have uh, some, uh, uh, we'll have a path forward, uh, hopefully a plan involving uh, gyms by the end of the week or early next week that we can give some guidance on what that might look like, where the exceptions might be. Um, I expect that we'll be meeting with some gym owners later this week, or at least the health department staff will, to get their input because we do want to uh, find a path forward for them. But we also have to recognize that there is a risk of COVID-19 transmission in that setting. And that's why mm-hmm. here um, in St. Louis County and across the country, um, they're not always in the first first uh, wave of reopening. I know we've got a lot of people wondering about gyms that are, are calling in here today. And so you're saying there are going to be um, some further um, details available on how you plan to handle those. You think that'll be um, by the end of this week? Oh, sure. I mean, we, we understand that um, how important exercise is to mental health and physical health. And we want to find a path forward. We just want to uh, do this in a way that's uh, responsible and protect uh, the health of our uh, employees in gyms and the, the customers visiting them. And we, we think there's a path, but um, we, we also have to follow our public health department recommendations and make sure that we do this right. And and we'll have some guidance here on that pretty soon. Okay. We've got time for, I hope, uh, just one more call here. And that is Bill calling from St. Louis. Um, Bill, hi, you're on St. Louis on the air. 
Yes, thank you, and a great show as always. And I'll try to be articulate with my question and, and not ramble. I was wondering if there's any modeling that's been done on what the partial opening, the results of it will be. For example, if we closed everything for two weeks or a year, we would re- reduce to zero, hopefully. If we opened everything, we'd probably spike. So whether there's been any modeling of – so opening partially will probably cause a um, – slowing of the decrease, and um, I was wondering if there's been any modeling of the number of increased cases. Uh, Bill, that's a great question. Dr. Page, um, has there been any modeling in a county or a regional way of how these various closures and reopenings could affect things? Well, there, there are lots of models, and uh, you know, models are, are useful with, in predictions, but they're never, exactly, they're never exactly accurate, but they do provide some guidance uh, really, what the, the real wild card in the modeling is how much will social distancing be accepted? Mm-hmm. And the acceptance of so- social distancing really drives the spread of COVID-19 in our community. How many uh, spontaneous large parties do we have with what we would call a super spreader, one, one person who was infected who, who touched a lot of or contacted a lot of people? So it really, all the modeling depends on the acceptance of social distancing. And this is, uh, of course, a new virus. We don't have a lot of data on it. Um, but that really is the wild card. We believe if social distancing is widely accepted, then we could continue to gradually um, open up other sectors of our community, and uh, we could move forward with, uh, again, we will have more cases of of, uh, COVID-19 as we do more testing, as people move about more, but as long as we can uh, test them, find them, get them to isolation, and um, uh, uh, chase down their contacts and give those contacts advice, and we think that's a path forward. Okay. Well, it sounds like the the takeaway I have, at least from this conversation today, is that you're saying this all rests on us, um, that we've got to do our part here and follow the best practices and not go around having giant backyard parties or there's going to be a little bit of a problem. Is that a fair summary? Well, absolutely. I mean, the, as government, we give guidance, and when we're in a tragic situation like we're in a couple of months ago, unprecedented, we um, we had to issue stay-at-home orders and, and severe restrictions on movement. But, um, you know, moving forward, we are going to um, depend on our residents to do the right thing. Wash your hands, stay at home if you're sick, um, stay six feet away from others, wear a mask when you're out in public. And uh, if everybody pulls their weight, then there's a path forward for all of us. Well, I hope you are right about that. So, Dr. Sam Page, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. And Dr. Page, again, is the St. Louis County Executive. St. Louis County is reopened. That doesn't mean you should go hog wild. That's the word from Dr. Page. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio. That's 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.